you. I'm Kim. And I'm Tara. Welcome to Unapologetically You. We are all about empowering others, and that is exactly what our guest, Dr. Janine, does for her clients. Janine uses her own experiences to help mostly women, specifically women of color. In her practice, she breaks down barriers that women have been conditioned to have. Stay tuned to be empowered by Dr. Janine. And don't forget to like us on Instagram and Facebook at Unapologetically You Podcast. And please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you listen in on so that we can continue to inspire you. Welcome, Janine. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to to having this conversation with you both. Oh, good. So are we. We always find our Wednesday specials fascinating. Um, So why don't we go ahead and start with you telling us just a little bit about your professional background. So um, I am a licensed clinical psychologist, and I currently practice and live and play in New York. Um, so I'm a New York native, and throughout my, when I first went to grad school, I went to grad school in Connecticut, and then I spent some time during my training in D.C., and then I found myself back in New York, which I guess I always had the intention to come back to New York, but circumstances just brought me back here. So here I am, and I work primarily in my private practice now. And so that's located on Long Island in New York. And my primary focus is, although I work with different populations, I specialize in working with women, particularly women of color and ages around 20 to 30s, I say, are like my sweet spot. I love working with with that age range. Oh, that's awesome. And we totally, like when we found you on Instagram, of course, um, we totally dug everything that you are. Um, empowering women is amazing. Empowering women of color is even cooler. Um, and so one of the aspects of, of your work is is how you empower women and help them stand in their truth. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you do that? To give some context, I'll give a little context about myself and sort of how I found myself in the field and how it connects to the work that I do. So I grew up Uh, like I said, on Long Island in New York. And I grew up in a town that I didn't really belong in. I I felt like I didn't have a great sense of belonging. I I identify as Korean American. And I grew up in a town where I was one of um, maybe a handful or less of, of students and children in the community that were people of color. And so I grew up in this in this environment. Well, also um, I also identify as a, a adoptee, and my parents are white. So I had this experience growing up where I looked around me in my community, and I wasn't able to see myself anywhere, and that included my own family. So I spent a lot of my life sort of on this journey to find myself. And uh, what I found was that along the way, I started to really disown and disconnect from parts of my identity. And I wanted to do whatever I could to to fit in. So I would, you know, dress in a certain way or talk in a certain way. And um, I think my, my career path was kind of set out for me already because of what I was conditioned to believe I had to do or who I had to be. And then um, once I got to, to college, I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, I didn't choose a major until I was a, a senior, uh, almost a senior in college. Wow. Yeah. 
which is crazy. I don't even know why they let me get away with that. But <laughs> yeah. Another, another day. But then after that, I, I did some, I, I spent some time away from school, just really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I found myself in being drawn time and time again back to the mental health field. And so through my, my training, through my grad school work, I really started to have a passion for working with women who were in similar situations. So a lot of my clients come to me saying, something just doesn't feel right. Like I don't really exactly know what it is, but I just don't feel like myself. And this can manifest in ways of, they notice that they're having issues in their relationships or at work, or you know they notice that they're having like physical pains or conditions. From the outside, from from the looks of everything, everyone's like, well, you have such like a bomb life. Like you have like this awesome career, you have like these kick-ass friendships, you have a really solid romantic relationship or partnership. But on the inside, they're describing what feels as disconnect and overwhelm and distress. And through my work with them, we, we really dig deep into where they're coming from. So a lot of thinking around in what ways were they conditioned to to be where they're at, right? So like all of the messages that they heard as women or women as uh, women of color, and how that's led to where they're at now, and then we do the work. Once we take that deep dive, we do the work to to see where they want to be at, and where where they want to be in terms of living a more authentic and aligned life, because I feel like. A lot of, of women, a lot of people, but women in particular, are conditioned to a, a message to believe that we need to be certain, be in certain roles. Yeah. And we need to be the caretaker. We need, we need to be taking care of everyone around us. We can't prioritize ourselves. We can't have wants. We can't have desires. We can't have dreams. And that all gets so lost along the way. Mm-hmm. And, if you think about it, it's like, it makes total sense why they're coming at this stage of life in their 20s and 30s. And they're like, I don't feel good. Like, I don't feel connected to my life. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense because you haven't been allowed to be in your truth. You haven't been allowed to even know who you are and to kind of say it out loud. And so uh, my, my work and my passion is helping people to reconnect to who they are at their core authentically, and then to be able to find a way to empower them to journey to step into that and to really live in that. And that takes a lot of work because that that comes with boundary setting and kind of like not giving a fuck yeah. <laughs> what others think of them. And that's so hard. And I, I get that. And there's like a lot of the work is around the process of kind of grieving different losses of relationships as you knew them, grieving the loss of yourself as you knew yourself and journeying home to your your authentic self. Right. Um, but I love it because at the end of it, you, I can really see my clients just stepping out into the world differently, more confidently. And the confidence comes from the fact that they now know themselves fully and wholly yeah. The way that I, I like to think of it is past models of psychology 
and therapy, a lot, a lot of the focus was on the individual. And there's been a lot of studies to show that a lot of growth, actually, in my opinion, all all growth and all like humanness comes yeah. within connection. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and a lot of like the the therapeutic interventions of of the past, and even currently, they say, you know, you individually have to do the X Y Z. But my approach is thinking, no, like you need to be in connection. And one of the most empowering connections um, or where that could start is the therapeutic relationship and the therapeutic connection. So I really use my relationship with my clients to be the, the model, first of all, to show ways in which you could set boundaries, but also to be a model to show that we also have a connection. And yeah. it's not just me being this blank slate. The both of us are in mutual connection and mutual relationship. And it's really important for me to show explicitly my clients that we each have an impact on one another rather than them just coming in and them being, you know, the patient or the client. Mm-hmm. I want to make it so it's it's a system where we're, we're leveled and be able to discuss, you know, the, the power differential in the room and what that means, but also explicitly addressing the impact that my clients are having on me through the process. Yeah. Because I think that's just such an important component of the work that I, that often gets lost. What a great way to look at it, too. We've kind of talked about this briefly before, but often when you think of therapy, you truly do think of you walking in as the client and then here's this per- distant professional that's going to help you in some regard and building that connection and that relationship. Oh my goodness. Like what a perfect way to bring to light some of these issues and kind of work through the, the different thoughts and the different messages that we've all been given our whole lives. Yeah. And it makes me so angry thinking about it because it goes back to women historically, the relationship to authority. So they're primed to come into an environment where there's this unstated or stated relationship where there's an authority quote-unquote authority figure in the room yeah they're kind of conditioned to take the role of being the one to to lean back and not really to not really take up space to keep themselves small and they're waiting for direction essentially and my thought is like no like we're gonna do this work together a lot of the work is actually going to be you because you know our work is is for you and a lot of the work comes from within i'm a co-journeyer with you but essentially we meet for 45 50 minutes a week and the rest is within you so yeah. it helps to empower that and to really identify their strengths because you know everything that we need is already within and it just takes bringing that out and being able to bring that out in when you're in connection with someone where someone is validating you yeah all your quirkiness and all all the messiness and really being able to see you and hear you through all of that um, is so powerful i love this absolutely love this me too like you're literally like speaking to our heart right now (laughs) Uh, I just think I think it's fantastic because 
like you said, I don't think people, I, well, maybe nowadays people are starting to recognize that, that women specifically, we have been conditioned and we have been raised in a certain way. And, you know, that's not to say that that's like a generational issue. Like that's been way, way back. That's just how it's always been. Um, and no difference. I think it's in the same regard of men specifically where men aren't supposed to have emotions and they're not supposed to cry. And I've, I, I love seeing people who are out there breaking down these barriers and instilling in us new values of what human beings really are. We all have emotions. We all have issues. We all have ugly days. We all have really high days. But if we can't even talk about it, and if we can't acknowledge that some of what we've been told is wrong, nothing's going to get better, right? Yeah, and I think it's so important to help clients to really understand that. Because as you walk through your life, you're not thinking about it, right? You're not thinking, no. oh my God, like what's happening here? But helping my clients to actually notice that as it's happening out in the out in the world. And the first step to doing that is beginning to notice with them in session. Uh, you know, moments when I'm feeling more disconnected um, with my clients or when I notice something happening in our relationship where different power stuff might be coming up or authority stuff might be coming up and being able to to make room and invite conversations around that. Yeah. Like, you know, I care enough to bring this to your attention and what might be happening here. And then being able to extend it outside of the room of, you know, I see this happening here. I wonder if that's something that you experience out in the world. And some people are like, I didn't even think, I don't even think about it. And I'm like, sure. of course you don't, of course you don't, because it's just, you're just going through that your, your life, you don't yeah. necessarily take the time to, to, to lean back and, and think about it. But now I'm giving you the opportunity to, to do that, to, to think about what might be happening. I just absolutely love it. So how often when you, when you have a new client, let's say, is there ever like a set schedule where it's like, you know, usually it's five sessions or it's three sessions, or is it just really up to that specific person? So I guess it, it, it ranges, right? So I really think about what's best for this particular client with their unique goals and values and just who they are. So I love long-term work. I, and when I say a lot, like years, I love yeah. working with clients for years and years and years. And I also recognize that that is, that's not feasible for a lot of folks. So sure. really being able to balance out the, the needs of the clients while also recognizing and, and being able to share with them and expressing like from my perspective, this is what I think would be best and most effective for what you're bringing in and, and have conversations around that. But typically I work with people more long-term Okay. There are some people who are coming in with just more of a kind of concrete thing sure. to do, and that yeah. I'm totally fine with the short-term work. Well, and I guess that makes sense too, because I mean, you would think that all of us are trying to be better and doing better. That's a continuous goal, you know, like you're constantly growing, constantly evolving. 
and new things I'm sure arise in your day-to-day life where you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was doing X, Y, or Z, and it's because of this. And so do you do it over Zoom too now because of COVID and whatnot? How's that working? So I'm all teletherapy right now, which is, it's both wonderful. And at the same time, um, there are moments when I'm like, Ugh, I wish we were in the room together. I wish I could just feel that different sort of energy. But in a lot of ways, I love it because from a social justice perspective, it's making it much more accessible to a lot of folks who have never thought to, to reach out for therapy. And um, I think it also is great because it gives them, it gives clients more of a wide range of different clinicians because they could see people, I could see people all over the state versus only yeah. in, in my office on Long Island. Right. Um, so I love that. And I also love being able to see clients in their space. I think there's something very intimate about it and connecting about that being able to just see their life in that way sure um and at the same time sometimes that could be heart-wrenching because you could hear it you could hear all the the stories and the descriptions but then when you're seeing it unfold in real time it it adds a different layer it feels really different so I think wow. teletherapy is where where we're going to be continuing to go, which is yeah. great. And um, I'm also trying to think of different ways to make services accessible in terms of walk and talk therapy or outdoor therapy, which is something that, no, I, you can't do that. But I'm all about thinking, how can we make services most accessible to the largest group of people? Yeah. And you have to think about it from, mm-hmm. you know, the, the thinking about people where they're at, meeting people where they're at. So for some people, they're not going to come to a therapy office. Right. Or they're not going to come to a Zoom session. But if you get them in their space outdoors, mm-hmm. um, if you go on a nature hike or something like that, they could feel connected to that in a different way. So I think it's important as as clinicians to always be be progressive in that way and thinking about how can we serve our clients in the best way and get out of this notion that therapy is you come and you sit in a room with your therapist in their office. We need to get away from that because you know everything is just moving so fast and we need to be able to adapt to it as well. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Well, and for all our listeners, we will have Janine's um, website and everything tagged in our Instagram post and on our Facebook post. So you can absolutely reach her. All right. Well, Janine, we can't thank you enough for joining us and sharing your specialty with us. We absolutely love what you're doing. Thank you so much for being unapologetically you. Thank you so much. We're so happy you joined us and we hope this story inspired you to be unapologetically you. Join us next time for another remarkable journey. And if you or someone you know has a story to share, please reach out to us on our website at unapologeticallyyoupodcast.com. Don't forget to like us on Instagram and Facebook at unapologeticallyyoupodcast. And please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you listen in on so that we can continue to inspire you.